joy in missions. Simple joys, banana, fish in East Timor. Uh, you will know the joy if you know what the fish went through. Okay, the fish went through a very long journey from the sea into our stomachs. Went through like that was how we transported the fish. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking like, oh no, surely this, this fish will not survive the journey. It will be all rotten inside. But we just barbecued the fish and we had a very good uh, a meal. It was really sweet. You know, that journey was more than one hour hung outside a, a Pajero van like this. Well, Missions Sundays, I, I know some people don't like Mission Sundays. And Mission Sunday is when they are not here. because Maybe they go and visit some other church. Because Mission Sunday is very often something like this, you know. The pastor or the missionary up here will, will show you a picture like this. By the way, this is a picture I took in East Timor. And then all the malnourished children will fill you with guilt that you are eating too much, you are wasting food, you are so picky about food, this you don't eat, that you don't eat, and then ask you to donate money to all the starving children in the mission field. And the Christian who are up here or or they talk to you about missionaries, they are the super Christians, and you thought, wow, they are so super, and I'm not going to be like them. And so that's Mission Sunday. But this morning, relax, okay? Relax, relax. I'm going to talk about Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And it says, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So today, is rest day. If this missions thing burden you and makes you weary, then relax. Today is a day of rest. But what is the problem with this verse? This verse, is it incorrect? It's not incorrect, but it, it is incomplete. So let's complete it. Following verse 28, verse 29 says, But take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So he said, this is not good. This is not good. The words yoke and burden are there. But notice that in the days of Jesus, and even now, the yoke is a double yoke. It's not borne by one ox alone. It's a double yoke. So, you walk alongside with someone else. And what is this yoke that is easy and this burden that is light? And for that, we need to go further back into Matthew chapter 11. Let's read from Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. And that, the story continues with Jesus saying, At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was for your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. There is a parallel version of this uh, passage of Scripture from Matthew chapter 11. It's also parallel in Luke chapter 10. So let's look at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 from verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy, 
through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one who knows the Son, no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Don't you think Jesus was a little bit hyper? He's a full of joy and the Holy Spirit. I praise you, Father. This is for your good pleasure. Why was Jesus so full of joy? And just who did Jesus, the Son, choose to reveal the Father to? And for that, we need to go further back, way back into Matthew chapter 11 or to the beginning of Luke chapter 10. It is about the sending of the 72 on a short-term mission trip. You know about that, right? So that is who the Son chose to reveal the Father to through the 72 short-term mission trippers. And this was the response when the mission trippers came back. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And then, carrying on from verse 21, we read earlier, and Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father. And then he said, rejoice, good pleasure, rejoice, rejoice. How come so much joy? What happened? Just what did these disciples see that kings and prophets did not see? What did they hear that kings and prophets wanted to hear but did not hear? What did they do? Well, something happened in that mission trip. Something that was hidden from the wise and the learned, but was revealed to the mission trippers, who were like little children. That demons submit to their name. They saw and heard what prophets and kings did not hear. Because they had a childlike joy in the Father's fame. It was like in June, we had this mission trip to, uh, to, to Indonesia, uh, one group went to Karimun Islands, another group went to Tanjung Pinang. And a young girl, a youth, was asked to pray for this motorboat whose engine could not start. And so they just prayed in Jesus' name. Motorboat, engine, you must start tomorrow morning. And true enough, the motorboat started the next morning and they were able to carry on with their livelihood. And we asked somebody, would you like to receive Jesus? And this man, Andre, received Jesus that night. And this man, Andre, says, can you bless my business? And we say, well, I don't know the theology of it, but we want to bless you. And so we took oil and we anointed his, you know, those collapsible metal gates that you see, cha -cha 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 one. and we just anointed it with oil and we pray in Jesus' name that his business 
will be blessed. And Jesus said, you are so blessed to see all these things that prophets and kings will not see. Jesus said something like, you know, my daddy, the heavenly father, whacked Satan so hard that he fell like lightning from heaven. That's why Jesus was so full of joy. And you can imagine the Lord Jesus having a good laugh with his 72 disciples as each one related what happened in their mission trip. They were full of joy, rejoicing for the Father's good pleasure. Joy in missions. Not guilt, but joy. And you know that most, most earthly children are very proud of their fathers, right? So my dad can whip your dad. Uh, when I was in primary three or four, my, my dad helped me to do some craft work. We had this bamboo that we cut off and then he painted bamboo on bamboo. You know? and, and he was selected for an exhibition in a school, so we put up there. And one day I was just standing next to the exhibition and people were passing by. And someone said, this one, uh, buy one, not make one. And I said, well, I didn't say anything, I just kept quiet. I said, you don't know my dad. You don't know my dad. My dad made this. My dad can do anything. My dad, even as a plumber, took very heavy galvanized iron water pipes and he made a double-decker bed, which I slept on for many years. That's my dad. I think my son is also very proud of me. Some years ago, when uh, he said, my, my father is going to be a pastor, that's the best job in the world, he said. He only works once a week. <laughs> my son is so proud of me. But alas, we grow up and we grow smarter. But really, all we do is we grow more cynical. And Jesus said that he, we have become wise and learned until God cannot reveal things to us anymore. Luke chapter 10, verse 21. We lost that sense of joy and passion for the daddy's fame. And so, the father has hidden these things from the wise and the learned. These things, Luke 10, 21. What things? What are these things? I believe it is the childlike joy and passion for doing things with Daddy, for doing things with the Heavenly Father. We can't see anymore. We cannot hear anymore. And that's why Jesus said, For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but did not see, what you hear but did not hear. These wise and learned could not see, could not hear these things. What, is, what are these things? Passion for the Father's fame. So what is our Heavenly Father's claim to fame that we should be so joyful over, that we should be passionate over? What is your God, Jesus, famous for? Some time ago, there was a huge uproar over some cartoonists who drew some caricatures of some other God. And this one is very great. It says, this, this little boy drew a picture and says, this is your God. And this guy says, thank you for drawing, Billy, but now we have to kill you. And, and those of a certain religious persuasion totally freaked out at these cartoons. They felt insulted. They felt humiliated. And they shot guns into the crowd. They bombed. They even, even stormed embassies. And some of them will ask, surely you Christians would be equally insulted and freaked out if your Jesus were caricatured in a cartoon and insulted and humiliated. Really? Would you? Would you, fellow brothers and sisters, would you be insulted if your Jesus was made into a cartoon and insulted? I don't see why we should be. 
He was already insulted. He was already humiliated. He was spat upon. He was mocked. He was insulted. He was flogged. His back was torn apart by whips made with, uh, with uh, uh, metal, whatever things at the end of it. He got stripped naked. He got nailed on the cross. What more? You think a cartoon will upset Jesus? We've already insulted and humiliated him to the limits. What more can we do to this Jesus, to our God? And so our God, our Jesus, revealed his greatness through humiliation, through insults. The creation insulting and humiliating and killing the creator. And this creator God reaching out to his rebellious creatures and shared in their humanity, taking the punishment for their sins. This is my heavenly daddy. This is my heavenly father. This is his claim to fame. The king of kings and the lord of lords. My lord and my God. My joy and my reward. This is my God. This is my understanding of my God. And if we don't settle this understanding of God's nature, that God doesn't just love us, is gracious to us, but that God is love, He is grace, personified in a person in Jesus, how can we then have a childlike joy in revealing our Father's name? We read earlier, verse 22 of Luke 10, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So, to whom has PPH been revealing His name? And so I want to review uh, a little bit of the mission's history in PPH, at least from my viewpoint over the last 30 years, from 1980 when I joined this church in August 1980. And when I reviewed that for this sermon, that's how I entitled the sermon, Joy Emissions. Okay. I remember my first mission trip uh, was, I think, in 1980 or 81 to JB. Long distance, far away. And we went to this church called JB Gospel Chapel, fellow brethren. I still remember... The, the name of the road is Jalan Ulu, Ae, Mole. Uh, and we went door to door and tell people about the gospel. Then we went a little bit further afield. We went all the way to Moa, to Moa, which is still in JB, not even Malacca yet. And we went door to door. And it was so amazing. It's my first experience that uh, you can just walk into a kampong home, sit down on the sofa, and then just wait for the people to come in. And they just let you do that. So sometimes you sit down 10 minutes and wait, wait, wait. And then the people start drifting in, the family, and you begin to tell them, I'm here because I want to tell you about Jesus. Next up, we went to uh, further afield to, to Sabah. Very exciting, you know. We crossed rope bridges. You know, it's like, like fear factor. Then we walk there and we enter the village late into the night, can't see anything. They say, Mandi, Mandi, everybody goes and bathe in the river. Next morning, we wake up and see the river is brown in, in colour. And when we go into the toilet, we carry two canisters, you know. Insect repellent, deodorant. Okay. And then we went to, to the Philippines and uh, singing and family. 
were sent to the Philippines. You all know about Smoky Mountain and the rubbish dumps there. And that's where you learn to keep your mouth shut. Okay? Because when you breathe, you do not want to open your mouth to breathe. And where the work is now indigenized, as in local people have taken on the work, there is local leadership uh, uh, there now. And so it's something that we are very proud of. Some of these young faces you will see, even Richard Chia was there. And uh, Ellen Lee, is he here? Right. And then we, um, we, went, we sent a couple to Pakistan. We had a church, well, practically a church there. We call it Beam House. We didn't call it the church. Uh, in old days, Beam was called the Board of Evangelism and Missions. Uh, it was the missions committee of PPH. Uh, crazy traffic, you know. It's like you, when you drive, there's not often only one lane traffic. I think it's kind of similar to Bangladesh. Uh, and then you come head on and you see who blinks first. And, and then you, <laughs> you pass one another at the last minute. And this was where we failed. Okay? We, after the, the, the couple returned, we handed the leadership over to a local person who subsequently left his wife and went apostate. I don't know. When I reach heaven, I'm going to find out. Did we really fail? How badly did we fail? Maybe we sowed some seeds there that have borne fruit. I don't know. We don't have a work in Pakistan anymore. And then North Asia. I'm not, not going to say what country uh, so because this is recorded. It's so interesting and it's so fun. It's so meaningful. And now people from this North Asia country come to Singapore and uh, we have missions right at our doorstep, although we still have missionaries uh, over there. Then, the next set of missionaries we sent out to, we sent to Teban Gardens, Young Faces, 2002. So we moved a little bit is it west of PPH, 8 kilometers only, 8 kilometers, although we have worked 8,000 kilometers away in North Asia, but we went to these missions, which is right at our doorstep, and you know the story of Teban Gardens. And then we went a little bit north of Teban Gardens, less than one kilometer walking distance to Penjuru, the dormitories where the foreign workers are, and that's where we have Indians, Telugu, lots of Bangladeshis. We had no interest in Bangladesh, okay? I tell you, I have no interest in Bangladesh, but they are right at our doorsteps, and they come to the, the clinic that we have in the Penjuru foreign workers' dormitories. So I decided to make a count of how many people we have baptized from, uh, from, from China who came to Singapore. I made a count over the last 10 years. Well, it's nine years and nine months, right? We baptized 100 uh, Chinese nationals. Well, some of them are PRs now. 100. Out of... Uh, 359 or something in the 9 years, 10 months. That's 38%. Practically 4 out of 10 that we baptize here in this church is from China. In this year, in the 9 months to this year, uh, in this year, we baptized 16 Telugu believers. 16. And that's some fruit for us. Is it joyful? Is it fun? Or what? 2006, we started missions in, in Batam by partnering International Bethesda College, IBC, and we had a missions camp there in 2007. And uh, the, the lower right picture, there's a top graduate in that year from, uh, from the IBC, Julison, and he's now a missionary in East Timor. 
And all this from a pipsqueak of a church here in PPH. Small church, not mega church. It's often been said that we punch above our weight in, in missions. And as pastor, I'm very proud when people say that. Um, how is it possible? How is it possible in this church of maybe about, currently I think we are about 250, 280 here. Second service maybe up to 100. 350 adults. How do we as a church of 350 adults manage to do all these things? Childlike faith, I think. That's all it is. Stupidity, childlike faith, gangoism or what? But I believe led by the Holy Spirit. Just a childlike joy in the Father's fame. This is my daddy's work. This is not my work. I pull that yoke together with my daddy. A childlike joy in revealing the Father's name. That we have this part to play in talking about Jesus in all these many lands. Eight kilometers away, 8,000 kilometers away. And as though that was not enough, in that same year in 2006, God wanted us to reveal His name in East Timor. Did you know that I didn't even know where East Timor was at that time? But just in case you also don't know where East Timor is today, it is a little bit north of Australia. Okay? It's north, a little bit northwest of Darwin, that far away it is. And the call was made, come over to East Timor and help us. Reminiscent of Acts chapter 16, when the Apostle Paul himself received a call, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so we went. And what have we learned since 2006, uh, which was when we began this East Timor work? I think we learned a lot. We learned how to cooperate with churches. Many churches that are working, Singapore churches that are working in East Timor. We learned, we learned to cooperate with different nationalities, with Indonesians and now even Papua New Guineans in East Timor. Um, there is this phrase that in this movie called The A-Team. I just love it when a plan comes together. And I think this has, it has come together uh, for us. You know, we, we do so little in, in East Timor, but we've, again, other churches have said that, wow, you are way ahead of us uh, in, in East Timor. Remember, we raised some money to build a community clinic in, in Batunau. This is it. I managed to see it finally this year. This is our clinic. The front half is a community hall where they can do all kinds of stuff. And behind is where the clinic is. And this is the, the clinic in operation. There is uh, an, a nurse there who comes uh, once a week or more if she can. If she can. Uh, and she's actually an Indonesian married to an East Timorese guy. Uh, so she serves the community there. And the bottom left-hand picture is our team in East Timor. Two Indonesians, one Singaporean who goes there only once every few years, and, and two from Papua New Guinea, Mike Kyrie and uh, Mangan. Now I realize why in PPH we have so many doctors and we have so many nurses. Because we are able to do medical work. And I believe that we are, we are pretty good at it. We are quite experts at, at running mobile clinics. The last one I went with this team, uh, it's like, ta -ta 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 -ta. everything got done. You know, the night before, pack the medicine. Next day, we know exactly what medicines are required. We run a clinic so efficiently. We see like, like 100 patients in like three or four hours. And, and then we pack up and then we go. Um, so smooth operations. 
but something more strategic than that. I mean, mobile clinics are very good. We've done some screening and stuff in Teban Garden. Those are very good. It's a bit of a rah-rah. People get to know you. People wonder why you come all this way. But something more strategic that we, we uh, want to do is in training. Training East Timor doctors. And that's what happened uh, July of this year. And we've got uh, the head of A&E from NUH, who's a believer, from a church down the road. Uh, and then other, other doctors as well. And, and we train the, the, the local doctors there. They're very appreciative and we're going to uh, carry on with this. Uh, I know you think it's amazing that after this training, which was one full day, we issued them certificates, uh, NUH certificates, NUHS, which is the, the, the merger of NUH and NUS now. It's now called NUHS. National University Hospital System is what it's called. You can see it down the road, down this road. Favor from our own people. We issue them NUH certificates. Um, so that's something really strategic that uh, we want to carry on. And next is um, we need to localize the leadership as soon as possible, like we have done in, uh, in the Philippines. And these three have been sent to uh, Jakarta, Indonesia for theological training in the Bible school there, Cornelius, Beatrice, and Julina. This time, when I went there, we felt a very strong nationalistic sentiment coming out. There's a bit of resentment uh, against foreigners telling them what to do. And foreigners with all their money and, and looking down on them, even in church life. Uh, and so I think it's, it's so important. We train the local people, give the leadership to them, and then they take over. The community clinic that we built with PPH money primarily is not ours. It doesn't belong to us now. It's run by the community. Not the best run community clinic, but they uh, have ownership and they have leadership over it. But in the end, it's about life change. It's about the sanctifying work of God, the Holy Spirit, in lives. You can run a fantastic mobile clinic, you can treat a cough and a cold or a fracture or whatever, but it's the spiritual life change that we're looking at. And let me now tell you uh, about two persons. One is Juvenal. Uh, J-U-V-I-N-A-L. It's not Juvenal. <laughs> it's Juvenal. Seran is one transformed life. He used to be a practitioner of black magic. A year ago, he joined our Bible training and his life began to change. And he started inviting his friends uh, to church and, and whatever he learned, he imparted to his friends. And he's instrumental in bringing the attendance in the church up from about 10 to 15 families to currently about 40 families. He's now a youth leader and the older ones in the church says that there is something that they have not seen in their church for 15 years. A local person rising up. I think they have often been assigned you know, pastors or evangelists from outside or foreigners, but now they see a local youth leader rising up from their midst. And they are now so proud that from their own, they have produced a leader. That's Juvenal. The other person is Amandi. His uh, full name is Amandeo de Jesus dos Santos. Amandi has had a difficult early life. He lived in the hills behind Vatunao, the village that we have adopted. And he built his first house when he was 15 years old. He was involved with youth gangs and fighting. And by some divine appointment, he ended up living in Judah's house. Judah, our missionary, uh, 
first to East Timor, now he's under training in Thailand. And now the two Indonesians, Julison and Nathan, that you saw earlier, is in that house, and Amandi lives together with them. And so they have regular Bible studies, and he was able to observe the example of Judah at close quarters, just living together. So he now studies the Bible, he prays regularly, and he has a biblical perspective on things, which is, which is noticeable. For example, he now understands the value of study and work, which is disdained uh, by the youth there. The youth rather go for women and gang fights, which he did before, but now he studies. And a value change in his life is the idea that housework is for women. I know some of the men here haven't learned that lesson yet, but he has learned it. Okay? Housework is not just for women. And the, 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 the idea that a real man has a lot of girlfriends. And being important in society means not having to do menial work. Because now he's like the house boy in, in, in that home. Early in the morning, he will wake up, he will sweep the yard, and he will boil water, and he will do work. He had to put up with a lot of mocking and hostility from his friends and all the other boys in the school because he is doing women's work in the home. But he can confidently say that it's not just him. Julison does it, Nathan does it, Yuda does it, and, uh, and, and he does it. It's not a woman's work. It is honourable work. He started off doing very badly in school. Last year, he was number two student in his cohort. So missions is about life transformation. Missions brings joy. It's propelled by joy. Joy in the Father's fame. Joy in revealing the Father's name. So participation in missions is a joyous, life-giving privilege, not a duty, not wearisome, and not an overwhelming sense of guilt and duty. But yes, there is a yoke and a burden in Christian life and in missions, but it is a double yoke, as I mentioned. It's not double yoke mooncake. It's double yoke Y-O-K-E. And it is a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light because our famous father is carrying that yoke together with us. He walks with us. When we walk with him, as each step gives us new joy, joy emissions. And so this is the end of the sermon. Uh, actually, a final word. Abraham Lincoln said this once when he attended the church. Abraham Lincoln, long, long time ago, president of the U.S., went to a church meeting that a friend brought him to. And at the end, the friend asked him, so what do you think of the sermon or the church? And Abraham Lincoln said, wow, great worship. I believe we had great worship this morning. Great worship. Good preaching. Okay, that's not for me to say, lah, for you to say. Good exegesis. Good delivery. Good illustrations. But Abraham Lincoln said, the sermon failed. Why? Good worship, good delivery, good illustration, and the sermon failed. Why? Because, Abraham Lincoln said, the pastor did not ask something great of his people. Wow. The pastor did not ask something great of his people. So, should I learn that lesson? Let me ask something great from you. So I'm going to ask something great from you, but it's something small. But it will be great. You know why? Because that is the kingdom principle of God. It is about mustard seed and yeast greatness. Matthew chapter 13, 31, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field, 
Though it is the smallest of all seeds, when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air can come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed it into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. So I went to check how much yeast do you put in bread. Eight part in 1,000. 0.8%. Is that right? Eight part in 1,000. Yeah, 0.8%. That little bit, that small little mustard seed is great in the kingdom of God. So some practical steps that let me suggest to you. Great things that you can do. Great things. Number one is prayer. Personal prayer for missions, for missionaries. And missions doesn't have to be way out there in the farthest part of North Asia. It is your home, your colleagues, your school, eight kilometers away in Teban Gardens, eight and a half kilometers away in the Penjuru uh, dormitories. Like so. Personal prayer. You remember that story I told you about Helen Rosevier, the 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 missionary to Africa who, who was beaten up one night exactly at that hour someone in England was praying for her and that someone in England doesn't even know her it was just a prayer newsletter Helen Rosevia she took it out and she prayed so pray pray personally pray in your cell groups when you meet in a cell groups, I know that at the end of the cell group meetings very often we pray for one another my son having PSLE, I'm traveling for business, pray for safety, O-levels, very stressed, mother, very stressed. Very good prayers, but add one more. Pray for missions. Your, the mission of your CG, your mission of your CG, are you just about Bible study and eating good food at uh, supper on, on Friday night? Or the mission of this church? Or CG, come together, let's go every, maybe six Thursdays in a year, we go to St. Luke's Elder Care and we minister there. How about that? As, as a prayer. Let me share this uh, poem with you about prayer. Since last night I took a journey to a land across the seas. I didn't go by ship or plane. I traveled on my knees. I saw so many people there in bondage to their sin. And Jesus told me I should go, that there were souls to win. But I said, Jesus, I can't go to lands across the seas? He answered quickly, yes you can, by traveling on your knees. He said, you pray, I'll meet the need. You call, and I will hear. It's up to you to be concerned for lost souls far and near. And so I did, knelt in prayer, gave up some hours of ease, and with the Savior, Savior by my side, I traveled on my knees. As I prayed, I saw souls saved, and twisted persons healed. I saw God's workers' strength renewed while laboring in the field. I said, yes, Lord, I'll take the job. Your heart I want to please. I'll heed your call and swiftly go by traveling on my knees. Great thing you can do. Small thing, simple thing you can do. Secondly, mission trips. Uh, as I speak, I think... Uh, our sister Linda and husband is on some missions pastoral trip combined with holiday in Chuichaiko or some Chuichaiko or something like that. Up in the mountains. For several days, she will not be taking a shower, I know. Because she is going on a pastoral trip and she's probably going to drink yak tea. Something like that. Yaki tea or yak tea. 
And I just received an email from the person she's visiting. And let me read this to you. While the lady took the, on a tractor, don't know how many hours up the mountain, cannot bathe and drink yak tea, the man stayed behind. The man stayed behind in this place, and while wandering through the town, they wandered into a new tea shop. And prompted by the Holy Spirit, suddenly asked the shop owner lady, is there a, this email says, is there a CH? Okay, it means church. Is there a church here? And the lady was stunned and said, no, but I'm a believer. Turns out she and husband were new believers, about one year old, and were very fervent. And they were burdened for the people there. That's why they relocated into this town. They want to reach the people there. But they were unsuccessful in finding a Christian group. And in the midst of their loneliness and abandonment, Papa, which is our Heavenly Father, sent our group to come and encourage them. And so we had dinner and shared testimonies and PRD for them, prayed for them, and arranged to meet them the next day, which was Sunday. And they were repeatedly teary-eyed at God's goodness. Sunday, we had a service. I brought my guitar and I did a worship set which sang in Chinese. Gave a talk on dunking, which is baptism. And then we sprinkled them, we baptized them. And we broke bread and we drank wine together. And then we had lunch to celebrate. Then we went back to the tea shop. We continued to talk and pray over the couple. They've had, had two miscarriages. And so the Singaporeans who have been trained in inner healing and deliverance led them in prayer to revoke and break the enemy's hold over this couple and children. We chatted and we laughed and we loved each other like old friends. They just met. The shop owner's older sister came in and we ended up laying hands on her for healing and she felt the Holy Spirit and she decided to pray to receive Christ. And the, little sh- the, the shop girl, another person, who had been watching and listening to everything we said, she said, I feel so troubled. What you all believe in is so different to everything that I've ever been taught and believe in my whole life. But I'm really attracted to what I see in your group. So I pulled her aside and explained the story, which is the gospel, to her. I said, I know this is a lot for you to take in because it's probably the first time you've heard this. And she said, yes, this is the first time. And I said, you're probably not ready to make any kind of decision, but a friend of mine started out this way. She started out by praying, God, I'm not sure whether you exist, but if you are there, then I'm willing to know you. Please show yourself to me so that I can know for sure that you're real. What do you think? Do you want to pray that? And she said yes. And so I led her and we prayed that line by line. What a Sunday, this missionary said. What a Sunday. I have never dreamed to have such a full, delightful, glorious day in this place. Joy in missions. Joy in missions. So you can pray, you can go on mission trips, and, or you can send your children on mission trips. And you can sponsor children to school. We have sponsorship programs in Indonesia, Philippines, East Timor. Uh, and I just did a count. PPH or members of PPH sponsors 86 children in East Timor, sending them to school. We sponsor 116 in Batam, $15 per month. I know some of you have a lot. Some people have like sponsored 10 children at a go. That's $150 a month, maybe one meal for one person in MBS uh, or something like that. Okay, But I know that many of us can sponsor lots more. Some of you maybe have just one, uh, one sponsored children. Hey, take nine more. Lah. Okay, <laughs> take nine more. 
The last time I announced that we wanted to sponsor 30 children, I think we got response for less than 30. Come on, this Sunday, do something. Let's sponsor a heck of a lot more. Okay? And you are just in time, okay? In terms of sponsoring children, because I want to plan for uh, a sponsor's day trip to Batam. I don't know when yet, probably this year, or if we are really so busy, we'll slip it into next year. We'll gather a group of people, we'll go to Batam, different places, meet your sponsored children, give them a gift, give them a hug, and then come back. Or have a, before you come back, have a nice nasi padang dinner, lah. then you come back. Okay, just like that. Right? So you're just in time. Sponsor a child now, get their names going, and then go and visit them. I want to show you my sponsored child. I've got several, but this is the one I'm very proud of. Handayani. Uh, father ran away, mother died, looked after by grandma. Through the years, I've seen her grow. Uh, and this was the latest one earlier this year. And now she's a worship leader. That's her leading the worship. You talk about joy missions, that's so fulfilling to me. Next up, love puzzles to missionaries. Christmas is coming up. Okay, this is a very fun thing, okay? But this is terribly cost ineffective. You know, you, 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 you might be better off just do online and then get them to send direct to, to, to the person. But here we put out a box and you put your things in and you send. Missions is, inef- is cost ineffective. Okay? It's, uh, love is cost ineffective. Otherwise, on Valentine's Day, uh, the best selling item would be plastic roses. Because they last forever. But you don't, right? Love is not like that. Missions is also not like that. Um, I don't know. It's up to your creativity. Like. You want to put some lotus roots and chicken wings inside there and what? I don't know. Huh? But, but we try not to put two Christian things because uh, we had one case where we got stuck in customs for a very long time because there was some, I don't know, Bible or, or some Christian things. But something fun. Uh. I always send curry powder you know, or whatever, or bakute uh, uh, stuff because I think they don't get it there. Okay, prayer, mission trips, sponsor kids to school, love parcels to missionaries, email to missionaries, but be very careful Okay, we, it's so fun to, to communicate in code. No? Right? It's like, how do I say this? Ah? How do I say this? And then you come up with some funny uh, uh, thing and, and you can communicate to them. You can even Skype them. And send your children. I know many of us here are in the not-so-young group and we have children. Send your children to mission trip. It will change their life. We are still looking to... Uh, Whatever time you can have, okay, whether you, when you finish the A-levels and before they go into the army or when they finish the army or just before university, give me three months, give me six months, give me better still three years, like Xiaoling like that. Okay? Xiaoling, we say we will keep her here uh, in church, but there will be some that we might want to send and, and attach you to, say, Philippines for three years, that, that kind of thing. Okay? Whatever time you have, it, yeah, send your children. Um, Read missions books. You know how good a library we have here in PPH? It's really fantastic. Nowadays, I, I have all the books in the library in an Excel file is on my phone. Whenever I come across a, a, a book that I think I should borrow or want to buy, I check my phone. I say, eh. Many times, it's in, in, in the library, right at my doorstep. Biographies, missions books, DVDs, we got them all. 
Okay? You go on holiday, borrow a book, read it. And, and just, just be encouraged by men and women of God who have joy in missions. Do that. And then give. Give money. Okay, give time, of course, but give money. Uh, St. Luke's Elder Care, we talked about, that's missions. That's missions. The old folks, they've got very limited time. It's a rescue mission. So give uh, the money there. We expect to break even in th- three years, and I hope that we can just raise all the money. One shot, give it to St. Luke's and say, okay, don't disturb us for three years. We've raised all the money. Now it's, it's, it's hardware. It's no longer money. It's our people going there to befriend. Recently, I came across with uh, Care Channels International, the organization that singing runs, and somebody gave $100,000. Fantastic. We just plunk in. We want to build a school. Done. Done. No need to think about it. In fact, the school only cost $83,000. We still got some spare money. With that kind of resources, get it done, and it's done. Years ago, we had even our domestic helpers here wanting to give, and I don't want to show you the video I took uh, about a car wash, you know, the car wash. Mustard seed, right? Should they do it? No point, right? I mean, they work so hard, they only get a few dollars. But not in God's kingdom. So anybody can give. And I'll talk to you about the Batam uh, campus project uh, 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 right now. But may have given you sticker shock several months ago when we said we wanted to raise $800,000 to build a campus in Batam. but prove me right. Uh, some, uh, quite a few people have, people have spoken to me. They said, oh, this is going to be tough. It's uh, the largest amount we've ever raised in PPH for any uh, one of these projects. The, la- the last largest amount we raised was about $400,000 to build that lift and the extension there. So I said, don't worry. Don't worry. This project, $800,000, uh, is even, even easier to raise because it's not for us. It's not to build a lift where I don't know how many people use the lift. 10 a week used to live. This is for a campus in Batam. And let me tell you about this campus. What are we going to do there? Um, this is Batam. Okay, very hard to see. Huh? But I wanted to get a, a perspective. The yellow dot is where the Batam center terminal is. Many of us have, have been there. The currently rented properties, three shop houses, uh, is the blue dot. And then as the crow flies, four kilometers straight line, and about 15-minute drive away is the potential site that we are looking at, the red dot. And this is what it looks like. Um, an L-shaped piece of land that is two hectares. We only need one hectare, so we're going to find some business partner. They take one hectare, we take one hectare. And this is so strategic. The reason why I put the map there is that this is strategic. This is practically to, to, for us to be able to minister to the whole Malay archipelago. Because the language is the same. So from, from Malaysia to the tip of Sumatra, Aceh, all the way to East Timor. We consider even East Timor as part of the Malay archipelago, although it's not quite. Because the people who are trained can minister in this vast piece of land and this vast population. So we want to build a training campus there. A training campus there that teaches theology as well as practical skills. So what kind of a product are we looking at, Looking for? We're looking for a church planting community developer. Okay, if I can summarize it in just four words. Who are skilled in God's word 
and who are skilled in helping the community. Let me show you a, a video that we, we took of uh, Pastor Janu, who was trained in IBC and plunked into Tanjong Pinang, just him and his wife. Nothing. No building, no church, no followers, no nothing. And from there, he built a church. Jadi kita banyak memahami tentang uh, penggalian kebenaran, kebenaran firman Tuhan, dan kemudian juga uh, selain itu di dalam IBC uh, kita diajarkan mengenai holistik, artinya bahwa kita belajar berbagai macam kegiatan keterampilan, ya karena uh, seperti misalkan kita pergi membangun rumah jemaat, membangun rumah-rumah uh, ruli, dan setelah itu Ya, jadi pengalaman dari situ setelah tiba di pelayanan kita bisa melakukan sendirian. Jadi seperti dulu waktu saya perintisan uh, di Tanjung Pinang, maka saya harus me membuat kamar sendiri, membangun sendiri, gitu, mengerjakan sendiri dan itu sangat berarti bahwa itu dalam merupakan pengalaman atau pelajaran yang uh, selain hanya selain membentuk uh, dalam hal ilmu pengetahuan dan juga dalam hal keterampilan. So, what are the things you can do? What mustard seed, what yeast can you have? Uh, this Sunday, do something. Okay, do something. You can pray. You can go on a mission trip. Sponsor your kids. Uh, sponsor kids to school. Send love parcels to missionaries. Email to missionaries or Skype them. Uh, send your children for internships and mission trips. You can read missions books and biographies. You can give money. Lots of it. And you can go while you're young. Uh, what do I mean by that? Prepare for those who are slightly younger among us. Go and talk to Sing Ing. Go and talk to Dr. Raj. Okay? Sing Ing has been there, done that, still doing that. Talk to him. What does it take? Okay? Pray specifically for a wife who will go with you to the Philippines. Pray specifically for a wife who will go with you to East Timor. That kind of thing. Okay? Talk to them. And maybe you are the one or your children may be the one. Send them. And last one, go while you're young and then go while you're alive, while you're still alive. I'm talking about older folks like me, pre-retirees or even retirees. I know many people who start a new career as a missionary, as a retiree. Maybe you're not there. Okay, you're, I, I've heard of one couple who went to Bolivia. Okay, where is Bolivia? But one of my friends, my age, has already started going regularly to Thailand, where they have adopted the village. He just goes there and teaches English. At the last men's weekend, just last week, uh, week, we were talking about retirement, what do you do? And, and I've decided to learn how to teach English. I think my English still can tahan. So I think, yeah, I'll go and get some education in, in that. It's not to make money, but it's that when I enter maybe Thailand or East Timor or Batam or Indonesia, I got a piece of paper, you know, a diploma in teaching English as a, as a, a second language or, or something like that. And maybe I can go regularly when, when I retire or at least when I'm no longer, I don't think I will retire, but there will come a point, I hope soon, I will not be senior pastor here, right? Some younger man will take over and then I can do something. So while you're alive, think about these things, contribute to missions. So these are the 10, ten things that I've put up and today you've got to do something. I will check. No, I can't check. <laughs> I can't check. Today, let's do something. Let's, let's take out a mustard seed and plant it. Let's throw a little bit of yeast 
eight parts in 1,000 and see it grow into a loaf of bread. Let's do something. Let me invite the... Okay, I think we're, we're running short of time. Let's, let's cut the, uh, the closing song. Let's just pray instead. Then. Come, let's uh, bow and pray. Just action time now. Pray. I pray the Holy Spirit will, will stir you and uh, surely out of these 10 things, there will be something that God will stir your heart that today is the day of action. Today is, there is enough joy for me to just make that decision. Joy because of a passion for, for God's fame. My God, my Lord and my God, humiliated, killed, crucified on the cross, but my God, sacrificed for my sin. And from there flows everything else, my response. So would you respond? Would you, would you commit to prayer? This Wednesday, come. Come and let's pray for missions at our doorstep, Bangladeshis, right here where we are. The guy who installed my, my open net was a Bangladeshi. Worked here 10 years. His pay now is $500 after 10 years. Pray. And remember to pray in a cell group. Pray now. Mission Street, we haven't organized or, or planned any no fixed date yet, but surely we will go to Batam for something or other, maybe next Easter. Uh, East Timor. Just talk to us and we can work it out together. Sponsor children. That's one thing that I believe we can do. Don't just take one, take ten. And then soon enough, we will go and visit and you will have the joy of just hugging them and giving them a, a small gift, a pencil box, color pencils, and to see the joy in their face and to know that you have a part to play in their education. Remember our missionaries, write to them, Skype them, send parcels to them. Think of creative stuff you can give this Christmas to them. Go check out our library, all the biographies. And start preparing. When we give you the details of the Batam campus, there will be like a, a, a EGM because the sum is large. And I will present the details and then we can give. And I hope that we can just raise it within a year and, and we don't have to drag it out. Just get the thing done. It's like this man who gave $100,000. One shot, we can build a school in Pakistan. And go. Young ones here, think about it. Go talk to Seng Eng. Go talk to Raj. What does it take? Why do they go? Did they lose out? Because they did not take the normal step of going into a corporate job? Go talk to them. And lastly, for the older ones among us, what are your retirement plans? Can missions feature in your retirement plan? Okay, so let me just pray now. Father, we are thankful to you that there is so much joy in missions. It's out of a, a joyful heart that you yourself, full of joy in the Holy Spirit, you were able to encourage the 72 mission trippers. I pray for each one here too, Lord, that we too would find the joy, we will experience 
Enjoy. Today, God, I pray you will stir our hearts to take one, two, three, ten of these practical steps out of the joy in our hearts, out of the gratitude that there is a God who loves us to the extent of being humiliated, spat on, ripped open flesh-wise, but who loves us and carried all that for us. So thank you, our Father. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.